D-S-N-Y. Okay, this meeting's being recorded. Uh, so, hey, it's uh, so Yankees, Yankees, Mets Express, and uh, the very deep voice Brenda Lopez is with us today. Oh, wait, no, that's just Kiyoshi. Never mind. <laughs> we had a Zoom. Thanks, Josh. Time. Thanks for blowing up my whole spot. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, we have to. Anyway, it's uh, so quick recap. We had some Zoom issues uh, starting today. Clearly. And, yeah, and as a result, Kiyoshi is using his girlfriend's computer and her Zoom. So for this episode, it is Yankees Mets Express with Josh Benjamin, Lena Mean, and Brenda Lopez. Kiyoshi, yeah. I'm not going to be able to take a single thing you say seriously. No, Like stop, I was telling stop, you, like, stop. every time you talk, it just says, like, Brenda Lopez underneath. Yeah, so now everyone knows my name and my girlfriend's name. This is great. This is great. <laughs> All right, but uh, enough, enough of the... Uh, enough of uh, roasting Kiyoshi right now, although it is nice to not be in, in that position for once on my end. You might, uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, what's going on with the Mets? They're, yeah, let, let's roast the Mets uh, instead. Yeah, let's uh, roast the Mets. Th- th- this, uh, this Mets segment brought to you by Montefiore Medical Center because the Mets are <laughs> be- yeah. best customers so far for sure, right? Yeah, oh, Mets are having a time. Uh, 17, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, No, it's like, it's like 21, 22. Somebody else just went on the aisle today. Yeah, actually, um, two people. You have, they haven't gone on yet, but uh, Janeshwi Fargas, who was actually called, <laughs> he was actually called up to be an injury replacement. He's headed to the IL, I think, later today or tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and tomorrow they're going to. Like... And Jordan Yamamoto will be joining him as well. What happened to Yamamoto? He, like, God. I don't even, I, I didn't even know until like a few minutes ago. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I guess something during his, uh, during his, his start, last start, yeah. something with his arm, maybe. I don't know. I hope nothing too bad. Uh, oh, and, oh, and on top of that, his wife got harassed. Mm hmm. Oh. That was that was awful. Yeah, people. He had like a rough start against the Marlins, and um, people were just like taking a Twitter to harass his wife. Not cool. That was very yeah. That's yeah, That's really fucked up. Yeah, that's, you yeah. don't do that. Now, yeah. Now, <laughs> now, granted, there is no excuse for losing to the Marlins. Oh. But, oh yeah. Yeah. But like, never that. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway the, but yeah. I mean, the the Mets are in rough shape, and it like it sucks especially for them because like their players that are on the IL are like some of their big big name players. So, and yeah. it seems like only a few of them are due back soon. I mean, it already it was already announced yesterday that Conforto and McNeil with their hand, uh, yeah. Michael Conforto and uh, Jeff McNeil, they're out until late June with their respective yes. hamstring ills. Pete mm-hmm. Alonso's hurt, so the so uh, there is. Pete Alonso is one of the good news guys. He is expected back on Saturday when he's first eligible to come off the IL. That is massive for them. And Jacob Degrom is uh, supposed to make his like next start, so that's good too. H- how about how about Palm Beach Cardinals Twitter just killing oh, it yeah. during his rehab start? Yeah. So funny. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we can confirm that he's ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's ready. Uh, please send help. Uh, this is not okay. <laughs> so funny. But dude. Pete Alonso uh, is hurt, just like, and I don't know, Mets might soon be like the Bronx Zoo, where the polar bear 
getting old, it's getting hurt too much, and then you replace the polar bear with these cute little dog animals that are who are also getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. And and guys, you know what else is crazy about about this mess situation? What's so that? as we were briefly talking about, so they 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 have a three game losing streak. They've won three of their last seven, um, three of their last ten games, but somehow, some way, they're above five hundred, barely, and One leading game. the NL East. Shocking! It's it's shocking. It just shows you how bad of a division that is. Now, granted, I think I'm sure a lot of this has to do with the fact that, like, let's just put something to rest right now. The mm-hmm. Mets team, as we know it right now, in the next two to three years, it's going to look completely different. Because these are a lot of the Brody Van Wagenen, Omar Minaya, and um, Wilpon tenure guys. Steve Cohen, once mm. he hires a new GM, probably this time next year, they're going to have an idea of, okay, who do we want to keep around? Who do we want to trade? And so, but and then I think that uh, we were saying before we even hit record, the Mets injury situation right now is like next man up with the Yankees uh, a couple of years ago except there is no next man up guys who are being called up to be the next man up. They're getting hurt. Yeah. Mm. It's so. just like, it's like a carousel, bro. Like I, I, I would not be surprised because like we just said, a lot of these injuries are long-term. I will not be surprised if we see just like a whole bunch of prospects, like having to make their MOB debuts because of this mess, like literally the backup, backup, backups like are getting injured. It's unbelievable. I mean, it could be, it could be worse. At least, at least these aren't, this isn't like a COVID outbreak and it's just actual injuries. Oh yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just unfortunate for them that these are like, these are serious injuries and people, I don't know if you guys noticed, like a lot of these guys who had already been injured are facing setbacks. For example, Carlos Carrasco has had a bunch of setbacks. Now you, uh, Josh, you mentioned how McNeil and Conforto aren't due back until uh, end of June, early July. Well, well, Conforto and McNeil, I don't want to get on them too hard for like setbacks just because they're hamstring injuries. No, 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 that's not what I was going to say. I was saying Carrasco is now expected to come back with them because he's faced so many setbacks. Um, And then, yeah. And then you have Brandon Nimmo and J.D. Davis. Both of them had to leave their rehab games because they, like, had some more issues come up. So it's just like, when is it going to end, you know? Seth Lugo is taking longer than expected. Like, it's... It's not, it's not, it's not the New York Mets. It's the New York Metropolitan Hospital. Oh, Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And the wild thing is that if you look at everyone that's on the I.L., these are a lot of big names. Like you said, Brendan Nimmo, yeah, Taiwan Walker, yeah. Tommy Hunter, Albert, Albert Amara Jr., Kevin Pillar, who, honestly, shout out to him for, for having, yeah. honestly, the balls enough to right after getting struck in the face with a, what, a 96, 95 mile hour fastball, yeah. to get on, the, to like be in front of the press with his clearly broken nose and swollen face. Like, yeah. yo, I mean, it happens. It sucks. I'm here. I'm okay. Big problem. As much as we may disagree, as much as we may disagree with Kevin Pillar on some of his opinions, no one deserves to get smashed in the face of the fans. Yeah. No, any, any, and the fact that he, you know, was willing to, you know, be in front of the media and say like, "Hey, I'm okay," when he had no obligation to do so. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying to the people that are to to the um the the mess that are on the IL, like I said, Conforto, Carrasco, Alonzo, it it feels kind of like the Mets are in a very interesting position. They're in first place. But they have all these guys on on the IL, 
But at the same time, once they come back, the team is going to look look a lot different, and they're probably, they're honestly probably main. They could have the potential to maintain their lead in the NL East. That so sh- that should be the case, yeah. Right. You know who's not on the. You know who's not injured though. Who's not the main man, Don Smith? <laughs> yes, he's not. He's not he's injured. Been, he's been much better lately. Props to him. I am the. I am a huge Yankees fan, and yet also probably the world's biggest Dom Smith fan. I yeah, like how how can you not absolutely adore that guy? I haven't like traded you. for him in the show yet this year. I'm actually. I should get on that. You should, Josh. That's messed up. I there's no clear hole in the roster yet. What so, about Tyler, what about straight up Tyler Wade for for Dom Smith? Yeah, Ooh. I'm not. I actually I could that mm-hmm. that wouldn't be terrible because in, in my show franchise now is actually the time to <laughs> to actually sell high on Tyler Wade. My man just straight up had a four hit game in Cleveland yeah. uh, in the franchise. He's got it's also late April. He has four home runs off the bench already. Bro, and let's this, speak this into existence, please. I mean, these aren't cheapies either, because like they these are because I don't know how 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 often either of you guys play the show, but if you like really get good on a home run, it'll do the whole close up at the plate thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. With yeah, Tyler Wade's gotten four home runs, two of which are bat flips. Ooh. Oh shit. Nice. Yeah, and that said, he in real life, he has been playing better. Like, that infield hit to get the uh, the judge walk-off walk. Yeah, that's right. true. He, he still sucks, but he has definitely been playing better. Well, you, well, you know what? Uh, we'll get He's to the gotten same. better, Lee, yeah, yeah, well, being a hater. Well, yeah, and, uh, and he also, uh, I'm just going to say it, he saved Corey Kluber's no-hitter in the ninth inning. So mm. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. That, um, that is also facts, a very good point. Facts. Thank you. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to this later. So, but anyway, the Mets. Yeah, they, back oh to God. the Mets. J- just to give an idea of, of how, of, I give a further idea of how injured the Mets are still. Brandon Drury hit a home run for them yesterday. Oh yeah. Then, then listen to the other names. Jose Peraza. Did wasn't didn't the Mets trade for him at one point? Oh oh, oh no, that's um, Dilson Herrera. I'm thinking of. Yeah, Jose Peraza. Think- yeah. Yeah, it's Jose Peraza, Brandon Drury, former Yankees retread, Wilfredo Tovar, Cameron Mabin's on the team right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, we forgot to mention former Cameron Yankee Mabin. Too. He is so bad. He is so bad, guys. It's comedy. Yeah. Cameron Mabin, I feel that, like, the COVID layoff, I think that I think that he still offers a lot defensively because, like, I don't know if you guys listened to his own, to his interview on R2C2 a couple years ago. Mm-mm. He like he was a huge, uh, highly touted high school prospect. I remember when he debuted with the Tigers, uh, he still had braces on. That's how young he was. <laughs> but yeah, he basically said, "Yeah, like I things didn't really work out, but I I found my niche. Like I I can make a career out of robbing a homer." Dude, so I mean, yeah, I mean, but even his defense though, because like I've been watching him on the Mets, like he he hasn't been great. Um, I don't know. The Mets are gonna need like for him to turn it around because they are in no position. Well, he, he's also he's players. also he's also thirty four right now. That's yeah, yeah. But you know, but, um, but you're right. I mean, he's he's fine serving in this exact role. Yeah. Um. But what we're what we're talking about right now kind of like takes us into our next point. Josh, you mentioned about how uh, re- real the quick next we, man up. We haven't talked about. Uh, everyone's new favorite Met that is not named Dom Smith. How about Khalil Lee? Oh, yeah. He offensively, he might be one of the worst baseball players I've ever seen, but he's, his defense is, it's sick. He, he's he got a nice glove. So, 
Uh, him. Give him time. His his, his battle yeah, yeah, yeah. come. I think so too. Like he, I, I've read some scouting reports for him over the years, and I think he has a lot of potential. It's just you know he was put in an unfortunate situation, kind of thrown into the fire, struck out his first eight at bats. That's a yikes. Um, yeah, but no, that's... it'll come. Like you're saying. It will um, come, and worst case scenario, maybe he's Billy Hamilton. Again. Yeah, exactly. No, but like speaking of uh, speaking of guys like uh, having to step up and stuff. And Josh, you were like, it's like the Yankees, but the next there's no next man up. Uh, we talked about how there's no next man up because the the next man up are getting injured. Yeah, but also, they're all getting like, hurt. Yeah, but also there are guys who are just like severely underperforming is an understatement, and I think two guys that kind of highlight that are uh, James McCann and Francisco Lindor. These two guys, man, like Lindor, I think he got hot for a little bit and now just cooled down. Like he, he went over four last night was booed heavily. Um, It's just like you, this is why you want guys like Francisco Lindor when other guys are struggling, you need him to be a leader to pick up the slack and that is just not what he's doing. He's still one of the worst hitters on that team. James McCann, bro, has been so bad that he's, I would say that he's losing his starting catching job. Uh, Tomas Nido has been just so much better. He's actually also been one of the hottest hitters on the team. Um, they tried James McCann out at first base last night. He looked good. Surprisingly, I laughed too, Josh, but he did look decent and he actually hit. So that's an improvement, but I don't know. These are two guys that like you paid them so that they won't do what they're doing. Lindor got paid hard too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I will say as the, I guess the resident optimist for the Yankees and the Mets, (laughs) guess who they're playing today? Well, the Yankees have have the Blue Jays, the Mets have the Rockies. Exactly. Oh, right, right. Guess who's pitching for the Mets today? Oh, it's Degrom today, May twenty fifth. Yeah, it's it's Degrom day. It's Degrom day. So, but Kiyoshi, they lose on Degrom days. We've been over this. Degrom is wasted on the Mets. But listen, it's the Rockies. They are ten games below five hundred. Yeah, the Rockies are terrible. So maybe this could be the impetus. Even though they, even though y'all lost yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday they they, they, they did. Too. Yeah, they. So were- listen, this may, maybe hope I'm just like, uh, just like how I feel like Garrett Cole kind of resets the maybe the week or the rotation. Degrom can do something similar. I mean, yes, they have lost on Degrom Day many a time. I mean, he's three and two. Unfor- un- unfortunately, Degrom is. But you know, I'm, you know, just trying to you know create some some maybe some a li- just a little bit of op- optimism. Maybe well, naive, yeah, ex- naive not optimism, but you know who knows. Yeah, but here, but here's this is actually a perfect segue because they're talking about how how Jacob Degrom resets the uh, the Mets rotation just like Garrett Cole does the Yankees. The Yankees really haven't needed Cole to reset recently. Yeah. Every, everyone's kind of humming along. It's great. Yeah, I mean, you've got yeah. a good rhythm. You've got a great and. You know, I guess now that we're kind of, kind of, sort of segueing into the Yankees a little bit, unless you have anything else to say about the Mets lean, um, I feel that we're like finally hitting our stride. Tyone pitched decent for once. 
Oh my God. I, okay. I literally, I literally, as like the, the, uh, like a uh, Tyone hater, I almost started crying of happiness during his outing. Like I was more happy during Tyone's outing than I was during the Corey Kluber no header. I'm oh, not even joking. Stop it. I'm not even. No, dude, you're, come on. I'm not I, even I get, I get it. I get it. I because get it. now, Tyone because now. Yeah, because that now, bro, all of the starters are clicking. Now everyone is dealing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, well, while we're on the subject, where was everybody during Corey Kluber's no-hitter? Like, what were the circumstances under which we watched? What day was that? That, that was, I mean, uh, I was just, I was just last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. That was last Wednesday. What was I doing? <clears throat> I think I, yeah, I remember watching it. I think I was, like, at the gym, of course. Um, I think I was watching on my phone. Yeah, I remember, like, kind of sort of missing it, but I think I, I remember tuning in right when Wade met me, made that catch, and I just, and I actually saw the notifications, like, Corey, because for some reason, like, a lot of these, like, ESPN, and yes, they kind of, kind of, in my mind, kind of fuck it up for you. Yeah, like, they love you got a no-hitter through, I'm like, it, yeah. but it's the one thing you don't talk about, and I, in my mind, I feel like it kind of jinxes it, but yeah, in this like, case, like, it didn't. But honestly, I was very I was happily surprised. I, if I were to make a bet in terms of who was going to throw a shutout first, I would not have picked Kluber. I obviously would have picked Cole. I maybe, yeah, I, I can't even think. Of, I would say maybe Kluber on an outside outside um, pick. But I, but honestly, it would have been Cole. But to know that Corey Kluber has thrown the first, and I actually looked this up. Corey Cooper threw the first no hitter um, for the Yankees since in 22 years since uh, David Cohn did it back in 1999. Like yeah. that, I think that's just like for all you know, my sports fans out there. I think that's really cool. But I mean, we'll get into the reason why. Well, not the reason yeah. why he did it, but the fact that he did do it a little bit later. But yeah, we're clicking really well, and also I feel like. Um, it's really quick. I don't know what, what you guys are seeing. I feel like the Yankees are uh, yet again are being more patient and aren't uh, just trying to find like their pitch. Even Glaber Torres is, is swinging the bat a lot better. I like, I've got lots of, a lot better too. I've got lots of respect for Glaber Torres, uh, especially recently. Uh, Lean, you and I might have talked about this earlier. I know I was talking about it with somebody. The fact that during that little mini COVID outbreak that Torres yeah he he was out and he was bummed but he goes you know what I'm asymptomatic I I've got this time let's I'm going to use this time off just watching video of myself just to see like what I should yes. be doing and yes. since yes. since coming back I actually crunched the numbers since coming back from the COVID list Labor Torres is hitting 785 <laughs> absolute legend yeah a shortstop in New York Yes. Wait, he's slugging 785 or no, hitting no, no. 785? Yeah, he's batting, batting 785. 785. No. No, dude, I looked this up. I, I, I crunched the numbers. Since coming back, he is oh, – oh, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. In the White Sox series, he had 785. Okay. In the White like, Sox series. No way in hell. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> in the White Sox series, he had 785. That's still impressive. That means he's hitting almost 80% of, like – like everything <laughs> yeah the, the, this big bad white Sox team first place oh we've got dylan cease oh we've got dallas keiko oh we've got um 
Oh crap! Who, who pitched Friday? Uh, Carlos Rod- Carlos Rodon. Yeah, he also but has Josh, a no hitter this year. But Josh, that's actually though, like honestly, even though it's just the White Sox series, that's still very, very impressive considering the fact that the White Sox have one of the very best pitching staffs, like yeah. on paper in the right. league. Like they literally look up pitching rankings. The White Sox are at the top of like every list. So great for Glaber to be able to do that against such an elite pitching staff. Like speaking of elite sad. pitching staff. Like um, I'm sure, I'm sure both of you know this. I just looked at the Yankee schedule. The Yankees have have thrown eight shutouts this year. Legends, goats. Yeah, literal goats. Yeah, we had like 30 straight uh, scoreless innings. I think. No, it's at um the streak right now is uh, for Yankee starters is 35. It, oh, it was for Yankee starters. Okay, yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. There Yankee, you go. Yankee starters over the over the past week have thrown yeah. thirty five scoreless innings. Literal legends. Uh, there's another player. He's not a pitcher, but there's another player I kind of want to give a shout out to. Who's that? Uh, Aaron Judge. Man, <laughs> man. Judge, like I, I don't. Judge was my pick for AL MVP. I want to say Josh, he was your pick as well for this season. Uh, no, I, I picked, don't. I picked uh, Stanton. I picked Stanton. Oh, maybe Kiyoshi picked Judge. I, I thought two of us. I think, picked yeah, Judge. I think anyway. I did. Pick, yeah, I think oh, okay, yeah, it was you and me, Kiyoshi. Um, we picked Judge for AL MVP this season. I, I don't think that he's gonna win it, but what he's been doing at the plate, it's kind of what we keep repeating. When Aaron Judge is healthy, he's a top five player in baseball. And at the yeah. moment, he's literally he's showing that both in the field and at the plate. The dude is playing elite defense as he always does. And at the plate, he is just seeing the ball so well and is doing just such a great job as usual. And I think props I, to him. Yeah, I one thing I've noticed about Judge Kiyoshi, I want to I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Yep. And 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 Lean, you, uh, yours too, uh, by extension. <clears throat> Maybe I, you guys have to have noticed this, and and this goes for the entire lineup. They focus less on home runs, and you know what? Let's just go up there and remember we all know how to hit too. Right. Like like Aaron Judge, his hot streak right now. He, yeah, he's had a couple home runs, but he's hitting singles. He's yes. he's like he's using that line drive rate. He's leveling out his swing without putting too much torque on his body. Thank you, Josh. Like, bro, you you know what we keep forgetting like all of us. The what? whole fan base. Yeah. The, these Yankees hitters, these are not like Joey Gallows. These right. are guys who are more than capable of hitting for average as well as for power. Why do we say that Aaron Judge is one of the best players in the game? Not because he's such an elite power hitter, but also because he can play small ball. He can get the singles and the doubles. Same thing goes for Glaber Torres. Same thing goes for Luke Voigt, for John Carlos Stanton, for all of these guys. And you're so right. Like it's so it's why they're doing so well right now. They're not yeah. focusing so much as sending the ball like to the moon. They're focusing on just getting up there, getting the job done, and winning and going home. D at bats in the White Sox here. Because also quick sidebar, I'm looking at the White Sox uh, schedule thus far. I'm actually not too surprised that we clown them as bad as we did because pri- prior their last two series heading into the uh, the Yankee series, they each play. Okay, they had prior to the Yankees three games at Minnesota, four games uh, at home versus Kansas City. Three games at home against Minnesota. Three games at Kansas City. Prior oh to that, God. prior to that, two games at Cincinnati, which they split. 
then they had Cleveland. So they've been playing a the Central and B a bunch of non-playoff teams. Yeah, and like and like yeah, like they play they they uh, played the Red Sox early on. And the Red Sox are in for um, are in second place right now behind the Rays, and like much better than they were la- uh, last year. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like it just goes to show every time an AL Central team gets hot, look at who they're playing. Exactly, that's been the case for like two years, and that longer yeah, than that, I'd it's say. Still the case. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, let, let's get, let's get down to business though. Corey Kluber's no hitter was glorious to watch. It was, it like, that was, it was, it was masterful. And I think another kind of weird thing that I noticed and I mentioned <clears throat> about, so I think it was you, Josh, that mentioned that, uh, Corey Kluber's breaking ball. He just calls it that he doesn't call it a slider or a curve. He just it- breaking ball it, it's it's one it's one of his breaking pitches he throws he throws a few of them there's one specifically where people ask him is it a slider or a curve and he just goes it's a pitch right one thing i kind of noticed is on the yes broadcast they 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 kept calling it a curveball but if you look at how it breaks it it it, it's it breaks more, slider. more it breaks more right i'm sorry it breaks more left to right than down so honestly it looks more like a slider if you really think about it but that's like a a little side note that i know oh, oh that, that might that like. might that might be uh the cutter they were talking about but, but honestly it looks like a slider because it has it has the it has the the movement across the plate um as well as the movement uh down in the down in the in the strike zone but anyway Definitely glorious, and it was, if I'm not mistaken, that was on the road. Yeah, it was in Texas. Yeah, it was in. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. And that was the other thing. It was in Texas, and one of my um, one thing I noticed is that that's actually the second no hitter that was thrown in Texas. Which, yeah, which this I, year. Which if, you, which, if you really think about it, isn't. I mean, it's a pitcher's park. It's a big park, so and the Rangers stink. Can, can we also talk yeah, for know, a second? I just want to mention this real. Sorry to interrupt you, Kyoshi. That ballpark yeah. does not play well on TV. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, it's so bad. bad. It's so bad. And, no, Aaron, it's, a, it's a big – no, it's a big park. It's a pitcher's park. Yeah, but just the way, like, the camera, the center yeah, field yeah, camera, yeah. Like, the batter's like, Aaron Judge looked three inches tall. Yeah, yeah. No, I am definitely not – a fan in the slightest of that ballpark they did a bad job there i mean i think it's kind of the one thing i will say i think is that i think it's uh kind of interesting how they use some of the measurements of that ballpark to like pay um, pay homage to a lot of great hitters like to to um center field it's 407 to honor pudge like yep. all these little things are to honor um certain numbers that certain players are born which i think is kind of cool but yeah, it's a it's a big park. I mean, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't as astute as you guys to notice how Aaron just looked. I just noticed that it was just a big ass park, and it's the second no hitter that's thrown in that park. But I'm I'm really happy for Corey Cooper. And afterwards, he wasn't even like he was barely happy. He like he had he smiled like what twice, and he was like you know just right back to work. I'm like. Dude, he's a, he's a robot, bro. Like, robot. Like, smi- like, do something. You just threw. I mean, yes, it threw a no hitter. Now, yes, it's like at that point, it was the fifth no hitter. No, no, I'm sorry. That was that was a six. Sorry, it was a six no hitter. You know, before June. But like, come <laughs> on, bro. Just uh, Lean, were you watching by yourself at home, or did you get your uh, your family to look in as well? 
Um, my dad went to bed in the fifth inning. He, as he was walking up the stairs, he was like mumbling under his breath, like, <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> furious. <laughs> He's like, these teams love letting the Yankees win. Oh, and right before he went upstairs, this is what got me. He goes, this is why Jacob deGrom is overrated. He he never throws a no-hitter. Everyone throws a no-hitter except for him. Yeah, because yeah, he's Jake... not good and bring me a freaking Tom Seaver. I'm like, bro, I'll go was, upstairs. Was your, was your dad even in the States for those guys? Yeah, yeah, Doc Good Doc Gooden is his favorite player of all time. I, if you say his name, like my dad like starts crying basically. It's wild. Oh, oh man. Remind <laughs> me to remind me to remind me to bring that up when he's on the show. Yeah, yeah, you should. So, oh sorry, my god. Sorry, Kiyoshi. What did you say? No, I'm saying especially everything that Doc Gooden's been through. Like I, yeah. I saw the 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 thirty for thirty about Daryl Strawberry and Doc, Doc Gooden. Daryl, like, yeah. Still like Doc Gooden's still battling demons. Mm-hmm. Like it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he was one of the few pitchers that threw an exploding fastball. Like, what the fuck is even an exploding fastball? How it gets faster as it comes closer. Like, it still blows my mind. But anyway, one thing I really want to get to really quick that I'm, like, kind of giddy about, and you kind of tweeted about this, Josh. Yeah. Uh, earlier, or like at least a couple of days ago, was that triple play in the in that opening series against mm-hmm. the White Sox. Oh, that was great. That, yeah, that was glorious. That, like, and honestly, when it... When it happened, I was like, no. I'm like, no, we're not about to. Because that, first off, the ball hit to Urshela at third was perfect. And he had the presence of mind. Hit on the base. Odor was right there. And then that that snap throw to, to first was beautiful. And it was, like, perfect. So when it, when it got to first, I'm thinking, and I was thinking about who was on, who was running. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, you need to be not for nothing, kind of like a, a slow runner to first in order to even pull it off. Because if you have someone like Billy Hamilton or Tyler Wade, yeah. Brett Garner, you're probably not <clears throat> going to get that guy at first. I uh, I remember after. But they got it. And, th- and I'm, yeah, just really quick, guys. Really quick, guys. Let me just finish this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think that was the first play that was in baseball this year. And I think it was so cool that it happened to the Yankees. That's it. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Sorry, Kyoshi. Um, oh, good. But man. yeah, but like I remember, and Adeline, I think you and I were texting privately about this. I after uh, Urshela got the ground ball and stepped on the base, in my mind, I went, "There's no way. There's mm-hmm. just no way." Yeah. And then sure enough, it happened, and I got so excited to the point where Caitlin almost yelled at me. <laughs> oh, oh, real quick, real quick. Let me let me, let me tell my Corey Kluber no hitter story because this is actually really funny. Yeah. So, so real quick, um, we only have one actual like TV TV in the house in the living room. Uh, usually, if I have to watch a game for Caitlin will watch stuff on her computer and vice versa. But when it comes to like Yankee games and the Knicks aren't on, I'll just like I'll usually watch. We'll watch a few innings of the game together on the TV, and then we'll and then I'll switch to the computer. Then we'll just watch whatever on the TV. This was one of those nights. So. Around the fifth inning, I realized, like, okay, like, Corey Kluber just finished the fifth inning, and I look at the line score on my computer, and, and I, see no Texas, I see Texas 0 0 0, and I just go, huh. All right. And <laughs> around like the eighth inning, Caitlin goes to bed. I have not mentioned a thing about the game to her, and she had no idea there, was a, there had been a no hitter until I like burst into the bedroom, ripped my shirt off and started dancing. 
just because like I was so excited huh. about the no hitter. So that's how you celebrate in the Benjamin household. Uh, well, no, it, it gets funnier. So she looks. She, oh. So she. So she looks at me like I have two hits and goes, "So the Yankees won," <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, "Check your phone notifications." And she goes, "Wait, there was a no hitter." I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." The very next morning, she watched all 27 outs. Oh my wow. god! And that's a also, real one. And la- and last shout out Tyler Wade making that. I'm gonna say it. It, he made it look so easy. Game-saving catch off the David Dahl line drive with one out in the ninth inning. Hot take, Aaron Judge, who was DHing that game. If Aaron Judge is in right field, he does not make that catch. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Mm, I th- yeah. I think, I think to, like, save his legs, he'd be like, yeah, I got, no, I got to play. He'd, he'd, he'd make a run for it, but I think, like – in the end, he wouldn't be able to make the play. Tyler Wade, who's, I think it was his 12th career uh, appearance in right field, came on as an injury replacement for Ryan mm-hmm. Lamar, let's not forget. Yeah. Mm. And then just like, after Dahl hit, when he made contact, I thought the ball was gone for one thing. Oh, yeah, thought, easily. Yeah, I thought that was a home run. Yeah. Uh, but then but then Wade's like, no, no, I got it. Makes the catch, and then the ground out to end the game. Everybody's happy, and the uh, Corey Kluber actually showed emotion and hugged Kyle Higashioka. Yeah. And and not for nothing, I think you do have a good point, Josh, because I think Tyler Wade is a little bit faster than than Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge has yeah. a better arm. Oh yeah. But I think in terms of making that catch, I, I'm I'm glad Tyler Wade was out there just just off of pure speed. So also, Joshua, Joshua, you said about that catch was definitely right. Like, Judge, he's basically even said that, like, he's not going to put his body at risk to make highlight real catches. And so I definitely, let's say even speed-wise, if he was able to, I'm not 100% certain that he would have. So definitely it was a great thing that Tyler Wade was the guy to be out there. And also speaking of Tyler Wade in the outfield, can we just like give him some props? Because he has like, for a guy who is not an outfielder, he's been playing some good defense out there. It's really impressive what he's been doing like with the glove and just using his speed to his advantage to make some really good plays and cover ground. Look, Tyler Wade can be frustrating to watch, especially from a hitting standpoint, but he knows his strengths. Like he knows that like his value is in the field. Mm. And so, and so like, it's clear he's working with Reggie Willits. He's working with Carlos Mendoza. He's working with all these people to make sure that whenever he gets the call from Aaron Boone, he's ready to go. Yeah. Like there's like I, I don't think maybe half the teams in the league have that kind of player. Oh yeah, definitely not. With a guy of his skill set, again, like I I will die on the hill that Tyler Wade is not an MLB player, but I do think that in like specific instances such as that, when the Corey Kluber no hitter, we the Yankees are lucky to have a guy like Tyler Wade because like his strengths are very strong. You know, his speed, he's one of the fastest guys in the game. He has an elite glove. So, yeah, you're right, 100%. Yeah, so thank you, Tyler Wade. We will never say a bad thing about you on this podcast again. And more importantly, uh, more I importantly. I do not. I would not like to sign off on that statement. I w- yeah, well, I got to I gotta say this because I- we – Wait, hold, hold on real, real fast, Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. Earlier on in this offseason, I complained about a certain signing. Uh-huh. I said that if he uh-huh. reached 110 innings, I would personally uh-huh. apologize to him. We're still nowhere near close to that, but Corey Kluber, 
I'm sorry. It's not okay. You know what? As the spoke, as Corey Corey Kluber's spokesperson, and the person who had to take your crap, Josh, about that signing, I I, I refuse. I I, know. I decline. No. Wow. It's not okay. Wow. Okay. I I will say. I will say the the other thing that. That has been a, a very big positive from the I'd say the last what four or five games. Sure. Yeah, one yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Like about like five or six games is bullpen usage. We haven't really had to go to the bullpen that often. Obviously not for Corey Kluber's no hitter. And I don't think even in our last game we had to use the bullpen. Wait, let me actually no, me no we Tyon pitched five shutout innings, then the, and then and then Green came in, and then I think Peralta. Yeah, then Peralta, and then I mean, it kind of like went south from. I mean, obviously the last game we had Tyon only pitched five, which still kind of annoys me because if I if I'm not mistaken, and maybe you guys can can uh, chime can like provide some context, Tyon wasn't pitching a bad game. Uh, I think it's like I don't remember him doing I that bad. So why did they pull him after five? Hiroshi, I think his pitch count was high. Yeah, I'm, looking, can, can I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on the game log right pitches, now. 80 at 80 I, Five innings, third trip through the White Sox lineup <laughs> coming through. And he's cut, and he's already had two walks, and he's had eight fly balls. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery, a second Tommy John surgery, mind you. I, It's the right move. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine. Tyon stuff is such where that, like, if he has this same performance as a starter next year, then there's going to be the conversation about turning him into a bullpen arm. But like mm-hmm. the fact that he pitched this well at home and had seen, had pretty good command of his stuff and was, and was inducing some decent soft contact, his ERA, it dropped from 5.73 to 506. Right. And I think that with five shutout innings, the bullpens rested. It's a good white Sox team. Give him a rest. Yeah, I, I, Josh, I'm with you there, um, especially because, like, Tyone, there's a lot of factors with him. One mm-hmm. definitely being, like you said, he's coming back from uh, second Tommy John surgery, and you don't want to overwork him. Plus, let's be honest, Tyone has, like, not been great this season. I personally did not trust him to go, like, more than five. I thought pulling him then was the right move. Josh, like you said, the bullpen had been rested. It's a good White Sox team. You have, like, the best bullpen in baseball. Just go to the pen. And things did go south, but I can't say, like, I was opposed to the decision. Right. And I, I think at, I'm trying to figure out at what point do you take, the, not the not to say the training wheels off, but when do you – let him go six, seven, just to save the bullpen. I mean, we've had this. I mean, look, it varies from game to game. We've had the situation for a while with time. I'm, I understand like the first, maybe three, you need to take slow. And I get that. Now that I feel like Tyone is starting to figure out a rhythm. No, but Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi, that's the better. No, no, but that's the thing. Like he hasn't really been pitching better. Like this was a really good start for him, but you can't say that like he's headed upwards, like in a great, maybe his recent starts have been like a little bit better than the earlier ones, but like, I still don't trust him. And I don't think I'm alone there. Like, I I don't know. It's also important. It's important to note that Jameson Tyon, he and um, this will we'll put it, we'll cap the Yankees with this because we've got some more we need to get to. And we only mm-hmm. have 15, 20 minutes left. 
Um, Jameson Tyone is learning how to pitch all over again this year. Because I, I remember, I think it was David Cohn said so on the Yes broadcast. Pirates had him throwing lots of two seamers and sinkers and were messing with his arm slot. That's all the injuries. The mm-hmm. Yankees right now are like, okay, you've got great velocity on your form seer, four seamer. You have a really good curveball, and you've got this decent slider. Let's try and make you that kind of pitcher where he's, yeah, he's, he's doing kind of like the whole Garrett Cole thing where he's kind of got like the FU fastball up top, but he just doesn't have the velocity to, um, to get away with it. Right. But that, and so, yeah, he's, he's also learning all over again, how to pitch, but that said, um, he's had nine starts this year. I just pulled up his splits on the road. Oh, and three, 9.18 ERA in oh four God. starts at home at Yankee stadium. Five starts, one and oh, 2.42. Wow. So in a vacuum, Jameson Tyone's stuff works. At and home. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. That's a first for the Yankees with some recent pitching acquisitions, right? Oh, they're actually yeah. playing well at home and bad on the road. Right. Why, couldn't, why couldn't Sonny Gray be like that? Oh my God. Those are some of the weirdest splits I've ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. When he, he had alternated um, wins and losses to the tune of two and three. I mean, mm-hmm. granted he's the, the, the games that he's pitched in were now two and oh, and, and like you, like you mentioned, he's zero is now down to five Oh six. I don't know. I just wonder when do you maybe let him go six innings? If he consistently keeps this up, I think then they'll start kind of, you know, giving him more of uh, more room to, you know, pitch and go longer. But I think as of right now, they want to be careful with him. Uh, Anyway, as I've said, I don't think he's going to be a starter for much longer. So yeah, I think I think that if he's still if Domingo Herman is still pitching well and Tyon is still like the weak link, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they um, either went to a six man rotation like the Padres are about to do, or if they like bump Tyon to bullpen duty for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just, just I'm, in, I'm anticipating things. that to happen once Severino comes back. I think he'll be. Um, it's a, you know what? At this rate, it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, and real fast, which we don't need to talk about, Aaron Hicks, uh, out probably out for the season with a torn uh, tendon sheath in his wrist. More yeah. Brett Gardner playing time. Maybe we trade for a center fielder. We'll have more on that next week yeah. when there's actually some traction on it. Kiyoshi, yeah. you brought this up, uh, <laughs> and I want to I preface this. MLB has uh, had six no-hitters this year, just, <laughs> just so, for what they are. Uh, April 9th, Joe Musgrove of the Padres, no hits the Rangers. April 14th, five days later, Carlos Rodon, who we just saw at Yankee Stadium, uh, no hits the Indians uh, with the White Sox. May 5th, John Means of the Orioles, no hits the Mariners. Two days later, Wade Miley, no hits the Indians, uh, playing for Cincinnati. May 18th, Spencer Turnbull, no hits the Mariners. And then the very next day, Corey Kluber. By the way, this doesn't even include include Madison Bumgarner's yeah. um, seven yeah. inning no hitter. Yeah. No, no hitter. We'll, we'll count that one too because it's yeah. a stupid rule. Stupid rule. Can I can I put this into perspective for you guys about how ridiculous the no hitter situation is? Please. So I'm playing fantasy baseball, right? Yep. I yep. have a nine man pitching staff. Not only do I have a no hitter, I have two. 
imagine playing of like fantasy baseball and before even june you have two no hitters i have both john means and wade miley no no like next, that kind of shows you next question how much pitch and ditch are you playing that you have wade miley no no i drafted him you did not draft Wade Miley. Yeah, I I think it auto drafted for me. Unfortunately, well, I'm not oh, going to say Lord. unfortunately. Homie got me a, <laughs> a no hitter. I, I remember one time in fantasy baseball, I traded uh, Roy Halladay and some like a random hitter I had for Justin Verlander. This is like during prime Verlander Tigers years. Oh, my my first start with Verlander, he threw a no hitter. Are you oh. kidding me? Yeah, that's <laughs> legendary. <laughs> instant instant gratification right yeah that's, yeah, yeah. And then my friend was like i i'm never making trades with you ever again in fantasy <laughs> like never again that's insane uh but yeah i mean i think uh watching no hitters is always cool but i think we have a problem um I, I, yeah what, what's everyone's take on the situation uh so, kiyoshi go ahead this is yours i'm it's weird because it, it's taking, I feel that it's taking something that should be highly coveted that you usually don't see often. I, you know, hitters, we just talked about a triple play, which is the first one this season. And now they're becoming more and more, uh, more, uh, more often. And it may, it is making me think about the fact that they, that they, uh, they doctored the ball a little bit and how, um, yeah. How they how they change the ball, and I'm thinking like, what can, and it was done to, and I feel like the the ball was changed or it was deadened, as they say, yeah. to give the pitcher more of an advantage. Now you're talking about this season, yes. Okay, and it's very clear that it seems like a lot more pitchers are taking advantage of it. So now, how can we, uh, how rather how can the MLB uh, level the playing field for the hitter? So one of the things I thought of, or one, well, one of the things I was that I've heard on some um, some some sports talk shows, was even having pitchers like even lowering lowering the mound again, or what I'm thinking is just move the mound back to just 61 feet. Kiyoshi, thank you for mentioning the mound thing. I don't know if you knew this. It's actually something MLB is seriously yeah, considering moving it, moving it back a foot. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing: why instead of lowering the mound again why not just move the mound back says six inches so it can just be an even 61 feet no no that's I, what i'm talking about they're trying to I'm, move it back but, but yeah i'm sure but listen guys it'll probably make like um what end up happening is a 98 mile an hour fastball end up being 97 so it won't make that much of a difference and i feel like the hitter will be hitters will be able to see it a little better i mean well, it's up well, to them yeah, to be able that's... to catch up to it well, that that's the whole reason for moving the mound back. They like experts exactly. seem experts seem to think that having that extra split second to see the ball is going to help the hitters. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I think I think that I think that's a good way to like even the playing field is just move the mound back a little bit. You don't necessarily have to change the dimensions that much. It's not going to uh, change fielding, or actually might even help pitchers because they'll be able to see the ball coming at them that much quicker as well. So it helps everyone. Um, Lindsay Adler, who uh, has the Yankees beat for the athletic wrote a really good piece back on the 10th. Uh, today is the 25th. So two, yeah, about two weeks ago, she wrote a piece about how, like, look, like the Yankees struggling in offense, that's not exclusive to them. Like she's pointing out, uh, baseball's offense is down league wide. I think I saw a tweet yesterday. Yeah. 
the league batting average across all 30 teams, it's they're bat, they're batting like 236. Mm. Like like 10-ish years ago, or maybe 20 years ago, like the, the league average was 267. Right. Um, <clears throat> and now um because MLB saw in recent years offense it's largely becoming home run strikeouts walks. There's not a lot of room for small ball in between. Uh, even though if you look hard enough, you will see small ball. Uh, th- this is directly from Lindsay Adler's article. In response right. to the decreased action throughout the game, MLB announced this year that it was changing the physical properties of the baseball to make it lighter and more likely to stay in the yard. This was after years of baseballs changing without notice, most of which was then becoming springier off the bat and more likely to end up as a home run. While the leaks of the fluctuations in their most important equipment were unintentional. So, okay. So in that I see, okay, 2019, everybody and their mother's hitting home runs target field in minnesota it used to be you couldn't hit a home run there joe mauer and justin morno's careers were tanked in target field because they couldn't hit home runs as well and then all of a sudden the twins hit 300 something home runs as a team right so yeah. they must so, punching air so much right now they must like god damn it. <laughs> yeah but like on, but on top of that it's clear okay they want this new this new deadened baseball as kiyoshi put it they're trying to down the home runs, but also kind of have more small ball, except teams don't really prioritize that anymore. And now you're seeing offense down league wide. Um, and also I want, I want to point this out. I'm, and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about this. I think that this baseball deadening, it didn't, it had nothing to do with more home runs. It, okay. No, it did, but the home runs being up weren't a problem. I I'm willing to bet a plurality of owners. I don't want to say a majority, but a plurality who have some influence Saw all these home runs, said, oh, crap, more home runs means we have to pay more people. Rob Manfred, fix this. It could be mm. that. I never thought of that. Mm. Yeah. That that's, That is – but see, it's like – I feel like that is a very good point. I feel like it's also paying, paying the hitter in almost in spite of the pitchers. It's almost like, hey – you're you're like they're actually it seems like it's the other way around because they're they're deadening the ball which make which makes the pitches look good so the, actually the pitches can ask for more money so well yeah but at the same time if you, if you look at just how at the mechanics of hitting plus the mechanics of pitching an owner is going to get a better long-term investment on a top pitcher than he is say a top hitter i mean just look at mark to as an example first year at the yankees he was great what do you do after that nothing or yeah, he didn't do as as much. That's fair, and I feel like with pitchers, like the even if you even if you look at the mechanics of pitching itself, it's an unnatural motion. So if you can find ways to help someone like a Jacob Degrom, help someone like a Syndergaard that you know are on the Mets, don't necessarily get run support, but if you can deaden the ball so that you know hopefully you know Degrom can hopefully win win these. One zip games, two zip games, three two yeah. games. You know what I'm saying? It's so Make, strange because, like, no, I'm sorry, Kyoshi, go ahead. No, I'm saying just, it just, I feel like it, it, it can help. It a help the pitchers' stats overall, and b help them get paid because it's saying, hey, in 2021, I did this. You know, pay me. I want a bigger extension because of what I can do. Now, yes, is it partially because of the mechanics of the ball? Yeah. But you know, I feel like it's it's like I said, leveling the playing field in terms of having having or having the pitchers have more more of an opportunity to make more money or to make as make 
maybe as much money as top hitters do. Um, Josh, that's the thing, though. Like, well, you brought up an interesting point that I hadn't thought of before, but mm-hmm. also, um, I guess I can like play devil's advocate a little bit. I mentioned this to you guys a few like maybe a few months ago. And I think now is a good time to bring it up Uh, during like the off season. I believe a bunch of the owners met and they were talking about how basically they want to ban the shift because it's a contributing factor to offense being down. And they like, I guess some studies were conducted and that, that literally showed that the shift is a huge reason why like viewership and ratings are down so yeah like you bring up an interesting point about not wanting to pay players but at the same time like clearly a decrease in offense is something that owners don't like because it makes viewers bored and not want to watch so i don't know that might be like a kind of a decent counter argument to that but i'm not sure i don't know what do you guys think Getting rid of the shifts has been. Sorry, Kiyoshi, go ahead. No, just really quick, um, because I know you take your time. Take your time. I think um, getting rid of the shift is uh, is kind of silly because if you if you know because I mean it's it's just like a lot of sports. It's a it's a competitive sport. If you know that Ronan Odor or Luke Voigt or whoever is going to pull the ball a certain way, why not align your defense to do that? And to get away from it is, and to, to kind of ban it, it's basically saying like, you're basically saying like, hey, I know he's going to hit it right here, but we're not going to line up there because it's going to, it's going to, um, it's some, somehow going to be to a detriment. I just think it, that's a silly, I think, boring. honestly, yeah. I think that's a silly argument. I think what, we should have, and it's just move the mound back. Um, there was another uh, suggestion I remember hearing a year or two ago about adding in a pitch clock. Um, one of the things that's already been instituted is limiting mound visits, which I think is good because it forces the, yeah. the pitcher to, to yeah, I actually really like that into, rule and to execute their, I guess, their yeah. game plan between the pitcher and the catcher. At, at the and, same time, though, even with like the mat with the cap on mound visits, I haven't noticed much change in the pace of the game. It's like, okay, like, are, like were teams really abusing mound visits that much to begin and with? That's an interesting thing to look up. If like, like how much more often uh, like catchers and stuff and like, you know, pitching coaches were visiting the mound. That's so, true. Yeah. Cause just, just, just imagine like they'll, we'll look, they'll do like a study. Okay. Um, mound visit limits that that was 2019, right? 2018. First year with it, um, so, nineteen, I think. I think yeah, it sounds like it's 19, within yeah. it's within the last five years. Yeah. So yeah. I think that if you go, so whenever the first, all right, so whenever uh, this reaches the five year mark, look at the five years before it and see how much of a, how much of a difference it makes. Because if it if it shaves, let's say a minute off of a game, how much of a difference maker is it really? That's true. It's okay, one minute less that I'm sitting in traffic or or like stuck between yeah. stations on the subway. Okay, yeah. great. But if it if it made like say a fifteen minute difference, so to cut down from games being three hours to maybe being closer to two forty five, which is a which is about the the length of a basketball game, I think that yeah. that works. The the shift also, and I, I'm curious, and this will be the last thing that we do because we're running short on time. Yeah. The shift to me, it's sort of like a bizarro version of the DH argument because. Mm-hmm. 
people always say like, oh no, the DH is bad because pitchers should know how to hit. Okay, well, I'd say the shift isn't that bad because left-handed uh, hitters should know how to hit the ball to all fields. You, you see a hole on the left side. Why isn't there, put a drag bunt down. I mean, also, anyway, Josh, I just brought up the the shift argument, just like as, you know, a counter, a potential counter argument to what you were saying about like owners not wanting to, I guess, like pay for offense, you know? Yeah. Like that, that's the, all that it was. Like me personally, I'm not like whatever you can say that it brings down ratings and stuff, but I'm not a fan of banning the shift. I don't think. Neither am I. The, I think the, it's the stupid. Sh- the shift is frustrating, sure. Yeah. But like it's, <clears throat> we, we've already seen like in the last few years, and, and I think Gio Rochelle is a great example of this. And we'll throw DJ LeMayhew in there too. Hitters right now, like un- unless they're pure power guys and, and like, yeah, Judge and Stan, you can make that argument, but even they're starting to do this. They're now, hitters right now, like, the good ones, they're hitting the ball to all fields again. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Work, they're finding ways to work around the shift. Right, exactly. Right. It's not tanking careers like it like it was before. Right, for sure. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's an ongoing conversation. Then we should definitely revisit it maybe towards like the mid, mid-season point. And then the season. Yeah, yeah. backtracking though. Point. Six yeah. six no hitters before June is ridiculous, but there are also enough fans out there like myself who are obsessed with pitching that yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's also kind of cool to see. Yeah, it's kind of cool, it, but like, did you guys did you guys hear uh, Don Mattingly go on a bit of a rant about like the no hitter situation? I I kind of like what he said. I am a huge yeah. fan of great pitching. Like yes, like I go out of my way to watch Jacob Degrom and Garrett Cole pitch. I think mm. watching them, you know, throw the ball, it's a privilege. But Don Mattingly said it very well. He said it's cool, but also this is something that should not happen often when it does you treasure it and appreciate it so far we've had six and two of them came in back-to-back days like that's that's not very it's it's kind of like what i've been saying for years about three pointers in basketball because right josh yeah it's like kiyoshi you and i grew up watching the 90s knicks three pointers used to be special across well also the knicks are trash so you know like three pointers were especially special there for you and guys. lean is on mute okay there we go there so we go. no none of this none of this none of this knicks like we were saying yes the three yeah, pointer okay. earlier on was a bit I'm more back. special now yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not finished it was a short time out anyway point being <laughs> but this is not about any knicks nets trash i'm not gonna we're not gonna go on that rant today or about how julius randall did his best Paul George impression in game one. Oh anyway, my God. He was so bad. He was dude. so bad. Anyway, yeah. the point, you don't need the point, to talk about it. Yeah, the point <laughs> being 25 years ago in basketball, three pointers were special. Like only a small handful of guys could do it. Now you got, um, centers. Shock, yeah, you, you got, you got like, like a, a possible number two pick in the upcoming draft, Evan Mobley from, uh, from USC, who's like a seven footer. And they're talking about how he can space the floor. And like, and I watch tape of him. And go, wave. I, yeah, well, yeah, because I, I watch him. He's a he's a seven footer. Yeah, he can space the floor, but he's so skinny. But he's also gonna get eaten alive in the post. But anyway, point being, yeah. three pointers right now are par for the course in basketball. In baseball, I don't think no hitters are gonna become par for the course. It's still a very yeah. very hard thing to do. Yeah, and like, Agreed. and half half of it, it, it's half the pitcher playing well, half luck, in a way. Because you, because like you need to hope that 
you hit the pitch exactly where it needs to go. That if the batter swings at it, that it hits just the right amount of contact so it goes right to one of your guys for an easy play. There's so many external factors on top of the pitching. Right. That said, Agreed. if that said, if next year we're in the same position, then I think we've got business talking about it. Yeah, because Mattingly is only saying what he's saying because offense is down so much across the league. Exactly, Josh. I was going to say that like he was saying how this is a testament to how bad, how there's a huge issue regarding offense in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, that said, like I enjoyed it. I agree there. Yeah, it's definitely not going to become a norm, like you were saying, like three-pointers. Just, just some added context here. I just look, I, uh, I remember looking at this from Corey Kluber's box score like just a few minutes ago. Yeah, the Yankees won that game 2-0. Corey Kluber threw the no-hitter. You know how many hits the Yankees had in that game? Four. Mm-hmm. Wow. Four hits in the whole game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I, mean, I think we won that game like one, what was it, one zip, two zip, something like that? Two zip, two zip. Two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think those two hits came in like what the sixth, seventh inning. So uh, the two runs, yeah, were late in the game. Yep, yep. it was very much a pitcher's duel from the start. And definitely, Kluber. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. I'll say it when we I'll say it when we uh, when we get off the air. Uh, Corey Kluber won the duel, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that uh, that covers everything. Thanks for listening to, to Yankees Mets Express again, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week. I hope everyone has a great Memorial Day weekend. You got, uh, Lean, I know you're going out of town. Kiyoshi, you got big plans for Memorial Day? Um, kind of, sort of. We, um, so I'm not sure if you guys know about this. Not, I mean, it's kind of a shameless plug, but, um, this place called Rooftop Reds does, um, a movie night. So Brenda and I, as you can see, um, are heading there, but I think mostly just hanging out, exploring Sanford. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Lean, you're going down to D.C. to protest. You said. Yes, oh, shit. That's what's yeah. up. Yep, Israel, Israel Palestine protests keep changing the narrative, to, uh, change the talking points. We all, word, we're word, we're word. all for spirited conversation on the show, as mm. you did. What mm. am I? What am I going to do? Honestly, I am going to. It's a staycation for me, for us. I'm probably going to yeah. take the. We'll take the baby to the playground a couple times, maybe. Uh, see my parents for a little bit but otherwise it's going to be very low-key not much you can do with a six-month-old so that's true <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah what can you like really do with them her yeah, yeah i get it a- anyway but uh we'll definitely be watching uh some playoffs basketball and hockey uh so pretty much it's just gonna be another weekend in casa jb right that's what the benjamin yeah. household yeah Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, this has been part of uh, Elite Sports NY, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports, part of Elite Sports Radio, Warwick Gaming, Crossing Broad, and XL Media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh B-E-S-N-Y. At Lean underscore Amin. And me at It's Yosh on Twitter and I'm also on Instagram. Hit me up there at It's, sorry, at It's Yosh on Instagram, at It's Kiyoshi on uh, Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns. Hit us up. Ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you spending the start of your summer with us. We've got big things coming on the podcast this summer. We'll probably uh, delve into those over the next couple of weeks. Shout out to Tab Bamford and our great editorial team at ESNY. Uh, root hard for the Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Nets, Rangers, Islanders, Giants, Jets. Did I miss anybody? No, I didn't. Uh, it's been a great no. show today. Everyone, thanks for listening. Follow us on iTunes, uh, Spotify. You all just lost the game. The Brooklyn Nets are NBA gentrification. And as always, stand clear of the closing doors. Let's go, Knicks.
Next day, 